Welcome to Lighthouse Church's Sermon Podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged with today's message. If you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to get going. Ephesians chapter 6, most of you even know if you have ever read your Bibles for a period of time that Ephesians chapter 6 is known for the armor of God and the weapons of our warfare. I'm going to be doing a series on the armor of God, as you can see. This morning, I'm just going to start by giving you some groundwork, and it's going to be, I'm actually going to be preaching this morning on one verse. That's the first verse, but I want to read the, the full entirety of what I'm going to be preaching on, starting with verse 10 and ending with verse 17. It goes, finally, in other words, he's saying, in conclusion, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of who? His might, or in his mighty power, whatever version you're reading, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. I like this when they say this, against the cosmic powers. In other words, the supernatural spiritual powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, where in heavenly places. So our battle is not against man or women, men or women, it's against spiritual demonic forces. Therefore, he says, take up again the second time the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Not when, or not if it comes, but when the evil day comes, you will be able to stand. Every one of you, I hate to tell you this, But you're going to face some very difficult times, even demonically sent schemes against your life. Come on. If you've been a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. That day comes, and we need to be able to stand. And he goes, and having done all, what does he say again? To stand, and not just stand, but stand firm. To stand firm. I think, man, if God could open our eyes to see how many times the devil has come with his schemes and his tricks, and we've fallen for him because we haven't been prepared. Stand, therefore, and goes through the armor, having fastened on the belt of truth. And you understand when he's talking about this, this isn't physical, this is spiritual speaking, okay? The belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, and in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And lastly, take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, first of all, for your presence in this place. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to manifest, to make yourself known, to anoint this vessel, to anoint these people's hearts to receive. Let us have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I want to Praise God for a life changed in Frank. I look forward to all that you have for his life, the bright, shining light that he's going to be in a dark place. I thank you, Father, that this word is going to produce fruit. And that, Father, most of all, can we say this together, church, that you would be glorified through Lighthouse, that you'd be glorified through this service. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, come on, amen. In June of 1944, if you know your history, the largest military operation in the history of warfare began. 5,000 ships and 150 
56,000 soldiers were about to storm the beaches of Normandy, France. We know that today is what, D-Day. General Eisenhower, the commander of the D-Day offensive, famously wrote the following words, catch this. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. You see, the general wasn't trying to discourage his troops, you get me? No, he wanted to prepare them for the fierceness of the enemy that they were about to face. Can I say that? In many ways, the churches don't do this enough. We don't prepare people for the battles that come our way. Why? Because we don't like to talk about demons. We don't like to talk about the devil because it's not popular. We'd rather just spend our time talking about the love of God, how rich and pure measureless and strong. I love the love of God. It changed my life. But there is a devil, and you can try to ignore him, but he is still there, and he's still working. And if we don't understand and don't comprehend his schemes, you are bound to fall for them. Come on, church. And so this morning, I want to talk and and basically lay the foundation for the next couple weeks of talking about the armor of God, and specifically how God has prepared us to overcome the evil one. Anybody here sick and tired of falling for the same old stuff? Come on. Being tempted by the same old things. Did you know that the devil doesn't do anything new, but he does do the same thing over and over again, but yet many times, even as Christians, we're gullible enough to fall for them. Christians do not like to give much thought to the reality of a spiritual enemy, and we neglect to even talk about the armor of God. Can I say... It has caused the church to be ill-prepared for the battle. And I want to say something to you all that I can't, make, I can't say this any more serious. If I could scream it, I would scream it if it would make a difference. But things are going to get more intense. Things are going to get more intense. The intensity of the battle is not going to go down. Open your eyes. If you're processing everything that's happening in this nation and in this world... Through natural means, you're missing the point. There's a supernatural battle going on for the very heart of this nation and the world. There's a spiritual dullness and blindness that the enemy has sent that is even creeping into the church, where we are compromising the very core of our beliefs. Anybody listen to me this morning? Compromising what love is. Compromising what a marriage is. Compromising our very core of our beliefs, that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, that there are many ways, that the God of the Muslims is the same God of Christians. No, it's not. Church, we got to understand. We need to see with spiritual eyes. We need to understand so that we may fight the enemy successfully. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this. It's a quote. I've said it before, but he's really the one that, that is the first one that said it. We go, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. To dwell on Satan is wrong but to never consider his schemes in our lives is equally misguided. To think about the devil all the time is totally wrong, but to not think about him at all is as much wrong as the other. You can try to ignore him, as I said, but it doesn't matter. He's still there working. So what is Paul doing? He's writing this letter to the Ephesian church, the church at Ephesus. Uh, Paul would write these letters of instruction. He'd hear things going on. He'd hear things from the Spirit. He'd put them together in a letter and send them out to instruct his church, the body of Christ, in the, in the city of Ephesus. 
And so he's concluding this letter to the Ephesians, and he, I love how he says, he goes, finally, after all this stuff, if you read the beginning of this chapter, he's talking about children and wives and husbands being submitted to one another. And he concludes it by, I love this, this statement of, you know what, after all the things you're going to face, I need to teach you one last thing for you to be successful and victorious in your life. And that's what he says. This first statement, the first verse, which I'm just going to, I'm going to plop down, I'm going to sit upon, I'm going to break it apart, and we're going to talk about it today. It's critical to understanding the following verses. I want to tell you right now, you can put the armor of God on all day, but if you don't understand this first statement, you're wasting your time. So let's break it down. Again, verse 10. Say, finally, or in conclusion, say, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, when Paul says... To be strong. This is actually what that means. To strengthen yourself. It doesn't automatically say, I'm just going to be strong today. No, it means it's the act of strengthening. You know what the original Greek word is, and I'm going to touch on it here in a second, is dunamis. To be strengthened with the dunamis power of God. So it's saying, I've always read this before and say, man, just be strong in the Lord. No, it means a, an act of practicing and getting better at it. If you want to excel at anything, what do you do? You use it. If you want to become stronger, you use the muscle. We need to understand what it is to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So how do we do that? Very simply, read your word. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, let's try it again. Pray. What's even getting better, I can tell. Fast. Love your enemies. Worship. Even when you don't feel like it. Come to church. Listen to me. It's to submit yourself to God. Remember where it says to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's what that whole statement means. This is what it's talking about. Grow strong in the Lord. Submit yourself to God in his ways. Quit being stubborn, church. You're not going to understand everything he's doing. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He sees way above what we can see. Submit yourself. Well, pastor, you don't understand I'm lonely. Submit yourself. You don't understand I'm hurting. Submit yourself. Give yourself over to the Lord fully. Well, people have hurt me. Hello to life. Welcome to Christianity. Jesus said people are going to hate you because of me. Come on, how many times do you walk into a room and this group of guys, you ought to see it. Every time I go over in the morning, Sunday mornings, I always go over for a cup of coffee and something to eat. Sunday mornings. I walk in, there's this group of guys over there. Always talking football or something. You know all of them. As soon as I walk in and they see me, they're hush. I, literally, one of these days, I'm going to walk right over and sit down next to them. So where are you guys going to church this morning? Uh, we were having church. They're not going to like you. Get over yourself. Submit yourself. Submit your emotions. Submit your feelings. Submit your disappointment. Submit your hurt. Submit it all to God. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. To strengthen yourself is the act of strengthening. It's the act of submitting. Church, there's four Greek words for power that are interpreted from the Greek to the English. Four, four Greek words found in the, in the New Testament, in the Bible. The first one, I already mentioned it briefly, but this is the most popular. It's mentioned the most times. It's dunamis. Mentioned 117 times in the New Testament. It's the ability and the potential to function in some way supernaturally. It's the ability, come on, 
and the potential, and can I be honest, most people in the church today, it just stays as potential to function supernaturally. How many people remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5? Remember? She spent everything she had to go to doctors to try to be healed, and she continued to have this issue of blood. And then one day she heard about this man named Jesus was going to be coming through her town, and someone had testified, come on, somebody had given their testimony of what Jesus could do, and because of that, she said, I just need him to pray for me. And so when he comes to town, what happens? She shows up, but what's the problem? The crowd is huge surrounding Jesus. There's no way a woman that's probably anemic, very little strength, very little energy, tired, barely able to drag herself there, is going to push, be able to, to jump into that crowd and grab a hold of Jesus and say, would you pray for me? And I want to tell you something. Something supernatural happened in her mind because it had never happened up to that point. She reasoned in her mind, she heard from the Spirit that if I just touch him, it had never happened before. You hear what I'm saying? We read the scriptures and we just take it for granted. It had never happened before where someone just touched Jesus. Usually it was him touching them. But she had reasoned in her mind, if I could just get a hold of a piece of his cloth, I will be healed. Can I be honest with you? With every ounce of her strength, Betty, with every ounce of her strength, Every last, I guarantee you, every last ounce. She, she, I'm telling you, if it wouldn't have worked, she would have been trampled. 12 years. Anybody, ever have, everybody, anybody here ever have iron deficiency, women? And know what that feels like, being completely exhausted? Imagine for 12 years, back in that day, you couldn't go get supplements. With every ounce she had, she pushed through that crowd, and she touched his garment. I'm saying this for a reason. I want you to get it. Ready? Look at the scripture. What does it say? At once, after she touched him, at once, listen, Jesus realized that power, what's the Greek word? Had gone out from him. He turned around in the, <laughs> turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, if you know the rest of the story, it seems a little idiotic because there was throngs of people touching him. Hundreds of people reaching out to touch him. But one person touched him, what? In faith. And because of that faith, it released, oh, come on, somebody, come on, somebody, you got to get this, it released the dunamis, miraculous power that was inside of Jesus to heal her. Well, pastor, pastor, that's Jesus. That's not us. The same power, what's the Greek word? The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's, Paul's making a point. This is the same book, beginning of the book. He says, the same power that raised the dead body of Christ out of the grave is alive in you. I'm done. Go home. You should be encouraged enough. Right now, you should, you should be skipping. Man, I can't wait to pray for somebody. I don't know, Sean. My life is such a mess. That's why he gave, him, gave you his spirit as a comforter and counselor. God knows what he's doing. He knew you alone weren't going to do a whole lot. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. You ain't good enough, you ain't smart enough, you ain't good-looking enough. Well, you might be if you're Dustin, but you ain't good-looking enough, right? You don't have the intelligence, but he says, you know what, I'm going to give you something called the Holy Spirit, and that Spirit is going to have the dunamis power inside of you impact your world. I, I, I've often thought this as a pastor, and I'm, I'm being completely, completely vulnerable with you. I've often thought, can you imagine if the church believed just this statement, how much it would change their life from this point on? Every room that you walked in, you knew that you had the dunamis power of God. I have a feeling that if you started walking in that faith, things might just change around you. The woman's faith 
activated the dunamis power in Jesus. Why does an American church see a lot of miracles? The answer is this. Why do third world nations see a lot of miracles? There's your answer. Because we don't have really the faith or don't need or don't want the faith of the dunamis power because we can go to a drugstore. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not against aspirin. Take aspirin. I've taken it so many times. I'm on I'm medication right now from arthritis. I'm not saying this. Take a pill if it's going to make you better. Come on, somebody. But it should never, ever thwart or hold you back from praying and still believing that God is able to do what he's able to do. Never get satisfied that what man can do in their intelligence and in their intellect, I thank God for doctors, but never get to the point where that is enough for you. Don't be afraid to pray for somebody, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Put yourself out there. Try. Her faith activated, and now the Bible says that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in us. So I want you to turn to your neighbor right now, and as serious as you can do, say, what are you doing with that kind of power? Be honest. Be honest. Say, I'm sitting on it. I'm waiting for the right opportunity. I'm waiting for God to open the door wide open for me. Okay, here's some answers. Here, I, I, I got some answers for you. This is true. Listen, we're being vulnerable and honest today. Ready? I'm scared. I'm afraid that it's not going to work. Can I tell you, last time I checked, God didn't ask you your opinion. He said he commanded you to do. He said, pray for the sick. Lay hands on the sick. Anoint them with oil. He said, pray for one another. Encourage one another. I read the Bible, and it's so, it's so amazing how we build our life around our experiences and, and our feelings. Never do I ever read where God says, well, if you feel like serving me, serve me. If you've had a bad day, take a break. If someone's been mean to you, it's all right to pout. No, it doesn't say that. Someday we're going to have a service. I'm going to call it getting over yourself service, and we're going to lay hands on you. Ephesians 6, verse 10 again. Finally, be strong or to be strengthened in the Lord and the power of his might. Some of your uh, versions will say in his mighty power, right? I'm going to touch on this real quick because it's important. I just talked to you about dunamis power, which, which, by the way, if you look, the word strong actually, again, means dunamis. If you look, it's a form of the... Greek word dunamis. Another word power, right? Power is listed there. It's not the same power. This power is different. This power is kratos. This is interesting because if anybody's ever played the God of War series, it's where they get the name for the lead character, that Greek word. It's mentioned 12 times in the New Testament. It means effective power in reigning and dominion. See, this is the problem why you need to look at the original Greek because we'll read the word power and just think power. And we don't realize, a lot of times when it's translated into English, we lose the original meanings. Each one meant a little different. The first power meant the power of God residing in us. The powerful um, power inside of us of the Holy Spirit to move mountains, the miraculous. This power is a different power. This is power to rule and reign. Governing means effective power in reigning and dominion. Can I say it this way? It's the impact of the dunamis inside of you to your region or sphere of influence. Can I say it this way? It's when you activate the dunamis in your life, it's the impact that takes place. So instead of sitting on the dunamis power, you start using it, and that power displaces other things. This is key. Why would he use this? Why is this important to understand? Why? Because what does it say in verse 10? Catch this. What, what are we battling? We're not battling flesh and blood. What are we battling? Principalities, powers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We're battling spiritual things that we cannot see. So we don't need physical power. We need spiritual power. We need Kratos power to be able to rule and govern and reign over the demonic sphere 
around us. So when Paul said this, he goes, listen, I want to give you dunamis power, mighty power. Read this again because you need to see it. Finally, be, have dunamis power, grow in dunamis power in the Lord, and in the, ready, kratos power, the impactful power, the power that goes out and changes a region of his might. Our battle is a spiritual battle of authority in the spiritual realm. Can I be quite frank with you? That's what our battle is. You know what our battle is? Our battle is who's going to dominate the airways. Again, the church doesn't like talking like this. They don't like thinking about spiritual warfare. They don't like thinking about demonic things. But I'm going to tell you, it's real, and it's impacting this nation. It's even impacting our region heavily. Who's going to occupy Canton? Who's going to occupy Bradford County? God has given us the Kratos power through him to occupy and rule and reign. I want to end with the last one I'm going to touch on this morning. Say iskis. It's mentioned 11 times, as you can tell, many times less than dunamis. It means strength, power, might, force, and ability. This is totally different than the other two. Where the other two are spiritual, this one's physical. The other two are spiritual, this is physical. See, the other two is dunamis, the power of God inside of us. Uh, Kratos is the power of God activated to go out and impact your region. The third one, ready, catch this. It's just your power. Can I say this? It's brute force. Let me give you a scripture that'll help you understand what I'm saying. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all your mind, and all of your power or strength. Couple this with the word kratos in verse 10 again, and it describes a powerful form of action. I want to explain this to you so you get this. So the dunamis power of God, which is placed within us through the Holy Spirit, powerful things to move mountains, the miraculous power of God that's inside of us. We then exercise that, and that's like the kratos. But the last part, the iskis, that's your willpower. That's your fortitude. That's your determination. Does anybody listen to me? You can't be a wimp and be a Christian. You can't expect God to do everything. There's got to be a level of your determination to make right decisions. We can, you know, I don't care if you're a Christian and you say, oh, it's all on the Lord, I'm just going to sit there on my hands. Guess what? You're going to be sitting on your hands in 20 years. And a lot of times, people in the church, that's where they're at. They never grow, they never change, because they don't realize part of the whole power package, the power package, are you listening to me, is our determination and our willpower and our fortitude. Speaking to someone this morning, catch this. You want to know why you've been through some hellish things? Can I tell you why you've been through some hellish things? I'm going to tell you. Number one, you listening? To know the faithfulness of the Lord. And the second one is to grow fortitude, endurance in you. To two, literally, I, I, there's other things that happen, but the two main reasons why you guys go through hell, you want to know? Number one is to show that God is faithful. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But the second one is to grow this iscus power inside of you. That's ultimately what God does. He allows us to go through uh, difficult situations to build up our character. So why break this down? I'm going to make it really simple in closing. Because if you don't understand what power is in you, what you are capable of, what Jesus died to give you, you will be no match to engage and defeat your enemy. Again, you can put on the armor of God all day long, but if you don't comprehend and apprehend what's inside of you, what you're called to, what is at your disposal, I'm telling you, you're already defeated. Come on, somebody. Paul wanted the Ephesian church to know that we're going to face battles, but don't go into it ignorantly. Understand that this battle isn't against other people, wasn't against the Roman Empire, wasn't 
wasn't against the Jewish leaders. Anybody listening to me? But it was against spiritual powers in high places. And the only way to defeat them is to go in prepared, General Eisenhower said. I could say this to the church today. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. Can I give you a scripture? The Bible says, as the times end, as it, as it gets near to the end, he is going to battle even more fiercely. That's what the scripture says. Because he knows the time is near. Dunamis, the power that resides in us to perform the supernatural. Kratos is the power. Kratos' power is the activation of that power to rule and reign or to impact the region around you. To overcome the demonic forces at work around us. Can you imagine Jesus paying the ultimate price for us? And I'm going to, some of you probably are going to be offended by me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The only thing that we can testify to is that he saved us. That his death was simply to get us to heaven. That is a shallow, shallow return on the investment. I'm thankful that I'm going to spend eternity, but I want to make an impact while I'm here. I want to take some people with me. I want to set some people free. I want to see some people free. I want to see a church set on fire. I want to see people impacting the region around them. I want to see people going to their jobs and people being changed and transformed by through your hands and your words and the dunamis power that resides inside of you. Can you imagine when Jesus said, listen, ready? It's better that I go that you might receive the Holy Spirit so that you can go to heaven. No, he didn't say that. It's better that I go that you may receive the Holy Spirit and all that the Holy Spirit brings, which is the dunamis power of God. And lastly, ready? He gave us the iscus power, that inner fortitude, the brute force. Can I say this to some of you? The stubbornness to not give up, no matter how hard it gets. And those combined together creates the ability for us to stand when the day of evil comes, to overcome the enemy, to win the battles sent against us, to triumph over the enemy, to walk in authority, in the authority that Jesus died to give us. I want to close by saying Understand, understand that God did not send you into a battle. You are not capable of winning. Can I say the only reason why we lose battles? The only reason we lose battles is, number one, we go into battles. God never called us to fight. But the biggest one is because we go in ill-equipped because we don't understand the weapons that we have to overcome the enemy. We don't understand the power that resides within us. We don't understand that he's taken the keys of the kingdom and given given them to us. We are so... As Americans, so set on what we want, our emotions, our feelings, our disappointments, our pain, all those things, how people have treated us and mistreated us and what's fair and what's not fair and all those things that we get lost in the shuffle of realizing we are the most powerful weapon in the hands of God. Mark my words. The Bible says we're going to be standing before God someday. And I don't say this to bring guilt or judgment or anything, but this is the reality of Scripture. We're going to stand before God, and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? I gave you my son, and I gave you my Holy Spirit. What did you do with it? Well, you know, I went to church. I raised my hand one time. I prayed. I made a pie for somebody I didn't like. God will say, woo come on in. <laughs> what did you do? When Jesus healed that woman, that was beautiful, right? And then when he put the spit in the mud and he healed that one, that was beautiful. And then he set you know, got cast demons out of people. That was beautiful. I mean, the string of miracles and the breaking of bread and, and doing all the, the miraculous things that he did, the dunamis power that was released through him. Can I be honest with you? That was awesome, right? All that's awesome. I love hearing about it. But you know what Paul uses to compare? He didn't say the same power that's inside of you that multiplied the bread or healed the woman with the issue of blood. 
He didn't use that. He said, the same power that's in you that raised the Son of God. That's the standard. He could have used any of the miraculous miracles that he performed, but he used that. Why? Because he wanted to show you how powerful, how, how capable, how the ability that you have to bring impact around you if you understand and step out into it. I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be disappointments. I'm going to tell you right now, not every time you pray, you're going to get an answer. I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes when you pray, the opposite's going to take place. Many times that's the way it is. Don't give up. You keep doing it. How many people know that Jesus was perfect? How many people know that his faith was perfect? And how many people know in his own town, he couldn't heal even people because there was unbelief? The Son of God struggled with healing. We're going to struggle with healing. We're going to struggle with the miraculous. I think people... Just the cop out to make it easy on them. They're like, well, we'll just miraculous. Well, if it's God's intention, if it's God's plan, we put it under that. Because honestly, we don't want to be disappointed. We want an answer of why when we pray, it doesn't happen. I'll give you the answer. I don't know. We shouldn't stop praying. And I'm not just talking healing. I'm talking about anything in our lives. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm completely honest with you. I'm here today because when the Lord spoke to me four months ago, I listened. I go back to that and I think, man, if I wouldn't have listened... That's the dunamis power inside of me. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Danny Kramer, last week, dunamis power, activating a gift in him, impacting us. We see it already, we just don't know. But we need to grow in these things. Laying hands on people and seeing them speak in tongues. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. That's another hot topic. These are all things that are promised to us through God. And he says, Paul says, listen, Paul says, before you even do any of these battles, be strong dunamis, strengthen yourself, Get that dunamis power flowing in the Lord and in his, come on, iskis, kratos, fortitude of his power, his rule, his reign. Get the dunamis flowing and then step out with the fortitude that he's created in you through the pain and the suffering you've been through that you say, I don't care, devil, what you bring me. I don't care if you throw hell at me. I am still going to follow God and do what he tells me. And understand you're walking in the power and the authority of God. Man, I don't need 100 people. I don't need 200 people. I, I don't need 50 people. I need 10 people. Jesus said, I need 12 people that will believe the message and go. And they, in 2,000 years, have changed the world. Don't you dare battle anything until you understand what I preached on this morning. Don't you dare battle anything until you understand that God has given it to you and you start operating it. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom. You need to know what he's promised us and what he says in his word. I declare it over you this morning. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then put on the armor of God. Then start operating you know, with uh, supernatural, with spiritual warfare. Only then. I pray in Jesus' name right now. I'm not going to have you bow your heads this morning. I'm going to pray eye to eye, make you real uncomfortable. I pray in Jesus' name right now. Something would click in the hearts of believers to know what is inside of them. To know the power. Truly, truly know the power. God, we are not going to understand the power that's inside of us until we see something miraculous come through our hands. Only then, God, will we truly believe what you placed in us. But until then, we'll just listen to the stories and let it be for other people to do. So I pray that we would begin to have the boldness to start stepping out in some areas, God, in our workplaces, sharing, blessing, praying, simple prayers, God. Not thee, thou, and everything else. Just not, not old English. Just bless them in the name of Jesus. God, let this church dare to be what you've called us to be and what your son died for us to be. Transformed and changed. 
filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Same power that healed the woman, yes. Healed the blind man, yes. Multiplied the bread, yes. But most of all, raised the dead body of Jesus Christ is in you and me. And God says it's our time to start exercising. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. For more information on our church, check out our Facebook page or our website, www.lighthousecanton.com. Have a great week.